What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Bold Call Fantasy Football Podcast. Today, we're taking a look at best ADP value plays for your early best ball drafts, generally on underdog fantasy. And I've got the man himself back together again, the dream team, Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> then no one knows the six people that got the Starsky and Hutch reference. They were born P in yeah. PB and Jay back together again. Alan Sislowski, what's up, my man? Very good. I saw. Did you um, post this in the uh, in the Twitter feed of DFS Army as a live stream? I don't see it connected to there because I was going to retweet it, but that's fine. I'm I doing good. Know. I'm doing good. Did you watch any of the combine stuff after I spoke to you last night? No, I didn't watch any of it. I rely on you to tell me what's <laughs> going on with the combine. I know we're in combine season. This is exciting time, fantasy draft. So tell me. I, I did see uh, we had a very fast wide receiver. A last bunch time, of them. The fastest ever. Uh, well, no, not fast as ever. That still belongs to John Ross. Okay. Uh, well, look how that worked out. So speed. Right. No, overall though, this out. was the fastest wide receiver class in you know in the last what eight nine years. They said they had about 10, 10 players. Maybe it's like nine uh, under a four four. You know, I mean four four five something like that. It was it was everyone seemed fast, but I don't know. I don't really overrate the. You know, the speed that's like the hockey, sorry, not the hockey, the ice skating of the Olympics, right? The, uh, the, the 40 time is the one that everyone gravitates to. Everyone likes speed, but it's like, how many 40 yard plays are there really in the NFL? I mean, I know it's not as simple as that, but and I think this could help you, but I wouldn't really ding somebody for, for not showing out like I Traylon mean, I, Burks. I, I think with speed, it's more of a, discovering when somebody's slow that that is a problem so when you have the wide receiver who looked pretty good the the kelvin benjamin and he comes in and he's running a four six five and you're like uh, but he's large and he's a, or, or like the Nikhil harry who just didn't have the speed um to be an nfl um wide receiver but look good in college because the size just dominates i think that's been a theme for me i've been looking into well let me ask you this generals the larger Let's ones that don't have speed that that have a ton of production in college Let's take that uh, that working theory right there because I, I like that. So the the consensus uh, top one or two receiver, Traylon Burks from Arkansas, big you know big receiver. Uh, he he had a four or five yesterday. It was disappointing. Would you penalize him for that? I mean, he looks good in, on all of his college tape. The production's there. I wouldn't change my evaluation on him based on a four or five. Four or five isn't terrible, but but it's not that good. So should he be? the number two, the number one, we have, we've seen too many disappointments for the large body dominant production wide receiver from college we, who comes to the pros and can't get separation. Hasn't really discovered maybe the nuances of the wide receiver position. So it could be, a, I, I don't know if Traylon Burke, for example, is a elite route runner. Does he have the Twitch speeds that you need with the hips or whatever to uh, get open in the NFL level. I don't know that. I don't, I don't pay attention to that stuff. I wait for them for someone like you, who's analyzing college football to let me know what's going on with these prospects. And of course, to see how they do in the NFL. But, but um, I don't know. I don't know the, I need to see the rest of his information to get a sense of it because yeah, I think speed does, does, um, does have an effect on well, their ability to play in the NFL level. The reason I bring up Burke specifically is because he's going in the seventh round of the best ball, and we're going to be talking about best ball drafts today. And I, I bet you this drops his his best ball ADP by a round or two. And you know, it's that's what's the interesting part is that these these micro data points, even as important as we think they are, 
really do affects ADPs. And that's why it's good to, you know, get an edge in best ball, you know, just constantly by monitoring what the market's doing. And that's what we're going to do here today, I assume. Yeah, there's absolutely a, a, a pile of, and I'm more excited about the running back group for ADPs and for best ball drafting because they're, you know, if you think about just every year, right? Najee Harris pre, pre-draft, pre-NFL draft, in these early best balls, going, you know, RB25, kind of in the turd zone. You're like, all right, I don't know who to take here. Let me start grabbing some rookies, right? But guys like that wind up being, you know, RB6, RB7. So I think the best way to gain your edge, especially in early best ball leagues, and we love the early best ball league on uh, the early best ball tournaments on Underdog Fantasy. They're really the, the only company that I've seen that's pushing them hard. And of course, if you're not signed up for Underdog Fantasy, go there now. We've got a we've got a deal going with them where you use promo code DFS Army. They match your deposit up to 100 bucks. So really a no-brainer. You get in there, you uh, sign up, you put 100 bucks in, you get $200. You can play 20 entries into the big best ball early draft tournament. And we're going to show you the edge here. This Today, we'll show you that we, we talk a lot about strategy of best ball overall. How many quarterbacks should I take? How many running backs? Where should I take the running back? We've gone over a lot of that um, throughout the years. Today, we're going to focus on ADP values and how to gain an edge in specifically in these early drafts. Says you and I have done this for a long time. And one of the things we always talk about is like, we always talk about players and we're like, well, his ADP is here. But, you know, by the time it's August, this guy's ADP is going to be much higher. Like you could tell. So, so what I want to throw out to you right now is give me some situations that you've identified where you're like, man, this guy's here now, but man, you know, give it a few months when, when the league catches up and he, his ADP is going to move up because those are your early flyers. So wh- what are some names that you're looking at in early best ball drafts that you're getting a little bit later than you think you should and these are the guys that are going to really drive your teams to tournament wins. Well, I'm going to use your thesis. And I think that the clear cut answer is the, the projected rookie running back that should be the first runner or second runner off the board board. And that's Iowa state's Brees hall right now going in the fourth round, late fourth round. Um, he's I've not projecting. I will give you the, the, the actual position of these guys when you say it, because mm-hmm. I've got it up on screen. So Brees hall is RB 22 at the moment in underdog ADP. Right. So that's going after he's going between he's going after it's not a bad place, but he's going after Josh Jacobs and just before Michael Carter. Okay, so he's not projected to be a first round NFL pick, but he is projected to be a second round pick. Now, let's say he lands squarely on the I'm going to give you a good scenario. Let's say he lands on the Atlanta Falcons early in round two and they don't resign Cordell Patterson. Right. So now you're looking at potential workhorse role. His ADP will shoot into the middle of the second round, the late second round, uh, ahead of a lot of good running backs. So when you talk about your original question was, hey, let's look at these rookie running backs pre-draft. I think that's the one that pops out. Now, if you don't believe that he is going to be the first running back off the board, we'll know a lot more today after the testing because testing doesn't necessarily determine how good they're going to be in the NFL, but testing is one of the data points that determines their real NFL draft order and NFL draft order seems to be the most predictive as far as fantasy production. So there's a couple running backs, Kenneth Walker out of Michigan State, uh, Brees Hall, and then, of course, Isaiah Spiller is the other one that people are eyeing, but I don't think he would be the first running back off the board. So that's the one that pops out for me. Um, interesting question from a, a viewer here. How many rookies would you look to draft in an early best ball? And I, I think your and my answer will be the same. 
you got to let the tournament come to you. You just want to take value. So if, if in your best ball league or in, in this tournament, the rookies are going a little sooner than they should be. Okay. Let somebody else do that. So I would never target a specific number. But I, I can about, give them an answer, though. I, I'll give them an answer just you know to kind of satisfy the question. But I uh, generally I agree with what you said. But this is going back to something that you've talked about, and when especially in your big cash best ball years, is those last couple picks in the you know seventeenth through twentieth round. Take two rookie wide receivers, one of them, and take you know uh, two one uh, in this one. Take two in this one. Take a different two. One of them will bust out. <laughs> you know, one of them is good. You know, like last year we were taking a lot of Josh Palmer. It didn't work out. But, you know, in we were taking some Rondell Moore. Didn't work out. But where we were taking Elijah Moore before his price went up, did work out for best ball. He was injured a lot of the year, but he scored for you 25 fantasy points in three games. That's I, that's great I, for a, I think 11. One of the, I think one of the names I gave out last year for your last pick in the draft was the stinky cheese um, Kadarius Tony. No one oh. liked Kadarius Tony. No one liked him. We talked about this. And I was like, you know what? He's there. In the last round of your best ball league, like now, did he work out really well? He gave you a couple of games of really good production. And my goodness, if this guy doesn't get injured, we, we have some breaking news, by the way. Oh, here we go. We have some breaking news. Now you were, I'm going to jump ahead because you were asking me before the lights went on about uh, the Dallas Cowboys receivers. It says right here, breaking news. The Cowboys are likely to release Amari Cooper by the start of the league new year. So that's I was already expecting that. So okay. That that actually does tie into some of the players that I've picked for your early best ball leagues that I think are supreme bargains. So, one so of the let, things let's talk about ADP shifters. You brought up though, you brought up Cedric Wilson as wide receiver seventy or whatever it was. Where do you think he goes to? Is he end up being like wide receiver like thirty five now? I mean, is it that big of a jump? It will not happen based on the Amari Cooper news. People are don't know about Cedric Wilson. So here's the thing that happens in fantasy football. People don't know. I'm a DFS player, right? So there was a big stretch of the season where I was loading up on Cedric Wilson every single week because Gallup was out and and Cedric Wilson was a WR3 and he was super cheap in DFS. But what we learned was he's pretty good. Like he's a quality NFL player. He's good enough in the NFL to where the the Cowboys are going to be comfortable throwing him the football. They're comfortable letting Amari Cooper go. I knew that was coming, or I expected it. So Cedric Wilson is actually one of my plays. So it's I'm glad that you brought it up. I'm glad this news hit. Cedric Wilson currently WR75. Do you know what WR75 is? You're talking about a guy you're getting in like the 15th, 16th, 17th round of these drafts. These are the players that if you get four weeks of productivity out of them in your best ball league, you're probably winning your league. That's how you win these. So Cedric Wilson, WR75, I think he belongs in the top 50 easily. But all you need to know is when you're at that point where you kind of you're looking at your ADP and Cedric Wilson's there and he's maybe five or six down from the top. So you, you don't have to take him WR40. You could take him WR65. You know, you're in the 15th round. You're taking Cedric Wilson. I love that play. So really cool that the break. How about CD Lamb? Happened. What happens with him? Um, CD Lamb, I think, will he should rightfully um, rise up in his ADP. He's currently sitting at, and let me let me pull up the wide receiver position here. But he's currently sitting at, I believe, WR ten. So he's actually he's actually going probably where he should be. He his his ADP. He was a little overrated, like a little bit yeah. overdrafted. Do you because you know he finished his wide receiver 19 last year, despite 
basically being healthy. I, I don't know, you know, in dynasty, when we're talking about dynasty rankings and, you know, I don't want to sidetrack too much, you know, he's kind of been like the, the wide receiver four. I think that's a little high for him and his redraft ranking. I mean, this is going to certainly, he shouldn't be adjusted because he was probably already overranked. Yes. But right. But taking him as like wide receiver eight right now, I think is, is very reasonable. He went from being like, a, a total, ooh, I can't believe someone took him there. To, okay, I could see it. Yeah, you know, He's certainly it, a top 12 right now. Uh, unfortunately, what happened was the the early drafters who were way over drafting CD Lamb based on his production last year are now kind of in the right place with no, with no Amari Cooper kind of like causing stress with who to throw to on the team. Um, right. CD Lamb becomes the clear focal point. And just one other note is that, you know, Dalton Schultz, who is an unrestricted free agent, you know, a lot of these unrestricted free agents end up getting signed by the team that they already came off of. Uh, and now Blake Jarwin's basically, there's no sign of him coming back because uh, he just had a surgery. So if they re-sign Dalton Schultz, they have, he ends up being like somebody that I would even consider taking ahead of Mike Kosicki or, or even Dallas Goddard. I don't want to sidetrack too much, but you know these are just Dallas yeah. Cowboy things we're talking about. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think the other one is Michael Gallup. What happens with him? Do they bring him back? Does Dallas draft a wide receiver? Mm. So, th this is a great uh, free agent class. There's a lot of options in this free agent class, even players that you and I may not like love individually, but there's there's ones that like like I'll give you a couple examples, like Juju Smith-Schuster. He is an NFL free agent and probably one of the more appealing ones. He could end up here. Who knows? Mike Williams, even though he's likely to re-sign with the Chargers, he's out there. Allen Robinson's a free agent ready to sign anywhere. I mean, there's a lot of names. DJ Shark could help an NFL team. Even someone like Will Fuller is probably going to play on a cheap deal. I'm skeptical about both Wooler and DJ, yeah. uh, Fuller and DJ Shark, but, uh, you know, yeah, they could but, help a team. Mm -hmm. You know, Will Fuller's only going to play if he's with his boy um, – Deshaun. Deshaun, yeah, he doesn't. He's not going to play for anyone else. Mm. Um, all right, so let's let's continue because you hit on a couple of good ones. And and since you talked about the free agency, I was actually going to go running backs first. But since you talked about free agency, another guy I really like it. His ADP and he's mysterious. We don't know what's going to happen here. Is Allen Robinson? He's currently going as WR forty seven, and and the reason says is because no one knows what team he's going to play for. It's a mystery. Played like shit last year, or did he? We don't know. We're not sure what happened last year, but Allen Robinson, an elite wide receiver for the entirety of his career, WR 47. This is a guy who has WR, a WR one potential on the right team and situation. Where do you think he's going? And do you like grabbing him, um, you know, around at least ahead of his current ADP? Yeah, th those ADPs on underdog, uh, I'm a little dubious that those things are updated. Be uh, I they mean, are. I know that because I mean, right now I'm just looking. Okay, so I, I've done I'm done a couple drafts now, uh, a bunch on underdog, and I love underdog. I like to just see what the other ADPs out in the industry are. And uh, the last one, well, the one I'm in right now, which is on Best Ball Ten, uh, Allen Robinson went in the ninth round, so that's still pretty late. Um, he went after players like. Uh, Rashad Bateman, Kadarius Toney, uh, Brandon Ayuk. So he is, you know, and, but he's going right around that same grouping as Allen Robinson. Yeah, no, Juju I'll tell you Smith, where. I mean, sorry, as uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, yes, Cortland Sutton. That you're just not getting the number. I, I'm so at 47. That's you sure that's, it's no, 43. I'm, gonna, I'm sorry, WR 43. I'm going to count them just to make sure. But you go ahead. Yeah, he's WR 43. Bateman at 42. Chase Claypool 41. Uh, Garrett Wilson at at uh, 40. Got a rookie. 
Um, Kadarius Tony just ahead of them, Jerry Judy just ahead of them, and going just after Allen Robinson, Cortland Sutton, Juju Smith-Schuster, Tyler Boyd, and uh, Christian Kirk. So, so I mean, it's, it sounds yeah, no, similar. I no, I counted yeah. them. You're right. It's, he's, he went wide receiver 39 in this draft. You're absolutely yeah, right. Is. It just doesn't just look like realize, you're like, a, wow, I'm right. getting a bargain. <laughs> On, but that's right. It, you, when you don't see, that's why I really like categorizing them by the WR number, so yeah. you understand. All right, he's going as a WR four. Okay, all right. But Allen Robinson's got WR one potential on the right team. Where does he go next year? Alex? Well, I'm saying as soon as he signs, his ADP is going to shoot up. It doesn't matter where it is because anything's going to be considered an upgrade. I mean, doesn't Allen Robinson has played with you know subpar QBs his entire career, going back to college with Christian Hackenberg. Remember the Jets drafted him in the second round. Oops. Uh, then he had Blake Bortles. He's uh, cursed. Yeah, well, he's, just, he's cursed. I would say the, you know, that's one way of looking at it. Sure. But the other way is that he's performed at an elite level, no matter what. So any, even just like an average quarterback, let's just say he got Ryan Tannehill. I mean, that's a spot where I, you would ask me where I think Allen Robinson can sign. I think that he wants to play for a contender. Julio Jones did not work out. So I could see Allen Robinson being the Julio Jones replacement in Tennessee opposite of AJ Brown. Um, you know, I I've heard him mocked or, you know, someone put him in new England. I mean, I could see that too. That would be interesting. You know, I like that for Mac Jones's value, but if I was to make a prediction, I would say that he's the Julio replacement because Tennessee sees themselves as a contender in the AFC. Um, I love that. It, I, I love him as a replacement for, for really what was an over the hill, Julio Jones, they were looking for Tennessee was looking for a real compliment to AJ Brown. They didn't really get that. All they got was sort of a, a washed up. I, yeah, I, I mean, liked, I liked the signing because I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But it just was a year too late. Yeah. And, and it might be a year too late with Allen Robinson too. We might see that he's essentially 29 washed up um, as well. Uh, Gunslinger thinks Darnold's <laughs> Darnold will not have anything to do with the Panthers. My man. Um, I don't yeah, think, I, I don't think Darnold will have any, uh, anything to do with the, the Panthers at quarterback Sam, or, or Sam quarterback in the NFL anytime soon. Yeah. Sam Darnold's going to basically assume the role of what Mitch Trubisky and Marcus Mariota have for the last couple of years or last year, they're going to be high end. Sam Darnold's quality backup on a team. So if you have, let's say like a, a shake, like a rookie, he's a good backup quarterback. Or if you have a shaky starter, like assume that Sam Darnold's rest of his career his best case scenario is Tyler as Taylor Heineke, where he he shows up for a year, maybe has a few good games and then kind of retreats into the backup role. Give me one of yours. Um, give me one of your favorite ADP values when you're doing your MFL tens, when you're doing your underdog best ball, early best ball contest. Remember, wanna, who are you? Who's in all? Like I always take this guy. He's always on my team. He's a bargain. I always see him like two rounds away and I'm like, fuck it. I'm taking him now. I love this guy. Who's that for you? So I won't even go too deep. I'll talk about it at the top of the draft because I think there's a couple running back ADPs that are that are just not right right now. And you're going to hear me talk about um, Ezekiel Elliott a lot this offseason. Nobody likes him. And I understand why. I mean, but yeah. when you think about the running backs that went in the first round last year, he's kind of one of the ones that didn't sink you. Now, I know that's a damning praise for a first round pick, but Barkley sunk you. Christian McCaffrey sunk you. Derrick Henry, it looked great. And then, unfortunately, he sunk you. I mean, there was a lot of Derrick Henry teams that were crushing my leagues and then just, yep, and then didn't make the playoffs or just, you know, became like the sixth seed. Zeke played through the injuries. You know, he didn't give you that high-end production that you used to, but that's not what you're expecting anymore. Now he's going in the fourth and fifth round of drafts. I'm happy to take him in the third round. 
Tony Pollard's here to stay. His role is going to be expanded. But Zeke Elliott is under contract. He's presumably the goal line back. We just talked about that one of the major passing weapons is gone. I love Zeke. I have him ranked as like my RB9, and he's going as like the RB16 like or 18. So it's not a sexy pick, but Zeke is going to be, I guess, on a lot of my best ball teams because if I'm picking on that 3-4 turn, it's an auto pick for me. All right. I've got a perfect compliment to what you just said. I'm not a big Zeke guy. I, nobody is. No. But I've got the perfect compliment to what you just said because I can give you a sexier running back going at the exact same um, at, at the exact same ADP as Zeke, one ahead of him, one behind him, depending on who you ask and what day it is. But with some sexier upside and an easier to acquire backup. Are you ready for this? David Montgomery, okay? And, and what's so ironic about it is he's going, you know, one or two picks ahead of Zeke in, in most by, by most ADP or, or right back to back with Zeke. David Montgomery, though, is getting a full workload. He's on a team where the team wants to dominate via the run. He's been incredibly pro productive when healthy. And my favorite is the team feeds him f workhorse carries when he's healthy. And the backup is very, very easy to acquire. So here's one of my ultimate strategies for best ball this season. And I'm, I'm putting it out there. I'm putting it out there. I'm going to let you guys know how to win at best ball. Right? Very simple. You make sure that you get David Montgomery, a couple picks ahead of where he goes. So he's going behind, for example, Antonio Gibson, um, Cam Akers, Saquon Barkley, all guys who I like Montgomery ahead of. J.K. Dobbins, potentially. Aaron Jones, oh my goodness, right? I'm taking Montgomery ahead of those guys. And then, much later in the draft, I'm getting Khalil Herbert as his backup. I'm locking down my RB1 position with a third-round running back and then backing it up with a 12th round backup running back. Now I have a secure, remember the key to best ball isn't necessarily taking the highest scoring player. It's making sure that you have a player scoring at your RB spot every single week of the season because your league mates have the injury guys, right? And they're not backing them up. So David you know what, Montgomery, you know what a good strategy might be? Cause I like what you're saying here is that if you're picking uh, 11th or 12th in these best ball drafts, and, and running backs follow you, just resist the urge, take two really good receivers there, yep. and then on the 3-4 turn, take both of our guys. Take uh, Zeke and uh, David Montgomery. And you may not love Zeke, but we know one thing. Zeke is plays through injuries, and he gets you 15 carries every single game he's, he's active. Zeke, you know, you know what Zeke reminds me of? Uh, one of the later years of Adrian Peterson, where... Oh, he's better than that. He Well, no... Not not the not like last year. I'm talking about right right after he'd come back from his injury. Um, he was still like 30 years old or something like that, or 29 or 30, and he had dropped. He had, he'd been a perennial like top three pick, and he had the bad year or two bad years, couple bad years in a row, injury, and he dropped to the se late second, early third round. And he was the stinky cheese of that year because it was like, oh, he's coming off injury. He's got an Achilles. He can't be good after an Achilles injury. And he did have the one really good year that year. But the reason we were grossed out by him was because we thought of Adrian Peterson as the number one pick. He ended up coming back and having a yeoman like, you know, 16 fantasy points per game type season, which is fine in in uh, especially half point PPR. Um, it's totally fine. It's like, all right, I've gotten good productivity out of my running back. Is he, you know, but we had this mental expectation that. Adrian Peterson's supposed to get you 25, 30 points a game because he was this this elite 
player for so many years. And when he disappointed at ADP RB2, RB3, we got sick of him. Well, that's kind of the story with, with Zeke Elliott, right? He was RB2, 3, 4, 5 the last few years. And so when he's putting up 15, 16 a game, you're kind of like, what the hell is this? this yeah, is- it's, it's, it's just his the, the hate for Zeke just has to do with the expectations. I think you, cor- yeah, you cor- correctly identified that is that I guess my expectations of Zeke were what he mostly delivered. Now, he did have some dud weeks, which he never used to have. Like a bad game for Zeke used to be 12 fantasy points. There was a couple single digiters in there. Uh, again, maybe it's explained by he played through a PCL. Uh, and again, there's no doubt that Tony Pollard's going to be involved. I heard some people talking about how they're going to rank Pollard above Zeke. So, okay, that's, you know, again, that's fine. I So just one contrary to to what we just talked about, though, with that strategy, the difference between Montgomery, Khalil, and Zeke Pollard is you have to spend two fairly elite picks to lock down that position with with Zeke because Pollard's going like two rounds later. Or I'm in agreement with you, later. by the way, that Montgomery it, it was, should be ranked ahead of Zeke. I'm with you there. Yeah, and but but also for the backup purpose, this is best ball, and a very key component to best ball is locking down the position so that you're accounting for injuries. This is all I think about because I've been burned too many times by a Derrick Henry with no clear backup play. Like you can't really back him up with anybody. We don't know who his backup is. Donta Foreman emerges out of nowhere. We don't know that going into best ball drafts. Um, so players with a clear cut backup, Nick Chubb and, and um, Kareem Hunt style, or, or of course, Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison style, where, you know, I can lock it down if I get the backup. Those guys are worth more to me than the mysterious, I don't really know who this guy's backup is, and I can't really I can't really account for that in my pick. So in those situations where you just have to take more and more of, of just late picks that are the sleepers, which we're going to talk about. So let's get back to it. By the way, just, you, just to close out that other part, though, where do you think Amari Cooper now will sign? <laughs> that, I, I think wherever so. he signs, it's going to be better than where he's been. Really? So, I mean, he's good. All right. You know where yeah. he'd be great? You know where he'd be amazing? With the Chiefs. I mean, everybody, we've, we've seen that Chiefs, that Chiefs third receiver, third passing, the second receiver. It just hasn't worked out. Sammy Watkins. I know that he has his, his warts. He stinks though. I mean, he yeah. stinks. Yeah. They've only put turds in that spot. Like Brian Pink, Byron Pringle, Miko Hardman. They all have one thing in common. They're not good. And, and Sammy Watkins, not good. So, no. all right. I think if you put a, I, I, I'm just, I'm more so curious to see what would happen if you How about put Green a good Bay? Player. How about Green uh, Bay? I, I yeah, was... Packers could use a WR, yeah, another wide receiver. I don't think they need it. Oh, Packers yeah, are cool. like the most mysterious team ever right now, so you don't really know what's going on with them. Um, if the Chargers let Michael Thomas go, I could see Michael, Mike Williams. Mike Williams. Mike right? Williams. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they're going to let Thomas. The Saints are another team that probably could use uh, another wide receiver uh, mm-hmm. and some talent across the board. Um, it, if you want to trust Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas is somebody I like, but. You want to trust him. It's a little dangerous. All right. I've got one for you here um, at the running back position. These are these are guys that you think are being undervalued in best ball way, right now? Way undervalued. Way undervalued. And and potential to help win you your tournament if it goes well. Um, one guy I really love is... League winning picks. This could win you your league <laughs> if it works. So one of the things I like about Seattle is, number one, they lie a lot about what they're going to be doing. Um Pete Carroll is one of the most notorious liars of any head coach in the NFL. You can never, ever believe a word that comes out of his mouth. He's very complimentary to his players. 
he'll never say anything that will give you any information. So Seattle is still saying that Chris Carson is our guy. Chris Carson is our guy next year. I don't even know if Chris Carson is on the ADP anywhere, but he's our guy next year, he's saying. Chris Carson's not their guy. That guy's not going to play football again, right? He has a neck injury. Those type of injuries don't go away. I don't believe he's always injured anyway. I'm not worried about Chris Carson. Rashad Penny was one of the most electric runners in the National Football League for the last four or five weeks of the season when he started for Seattle. He was putting up monster numbers. Rashad Penny is a talented guy. He gets hurt a lot. I get it. And it's very possible he gets hurt again. But at RB32, way, way late in your draft, you can get Rashad Penny. No one likes Rashad Penny. You'll never hear anybody else talking about Rashad Penny. This is the only a podcast or discussion you're ever going to say about somebody. Oh, I like Rashad. No one's ever going to say that. That's what I like about Rashad Penny. He's still, he has a draft capital. He has a number one pick. He was a top uh, or a, a first or second round pick in the, uh, in the real NFL draft injury history. Sure. But Seattle wants to run the football. He looked amazing running the football does not have a lot of wear on the tires. He's just got durability questions, but give me Rashad Penny very late in the draft. If he, I like it. I like it even better if Chris Carson is the starter because Chris Carson will inevitably get hurt and that will leave them with pretty much no one but Penny to start, you know, four, five, six games or maybe more for your best ball team and get you monster numbers. No one even wanted to play Rashad Penny when he was starting in DFS. Like he was starting, I was like, but Penny, baby, I was all in and everyone was like, oh, Penny wasn't even getting ownership. It was great. So I think that negative sentiment towards his name has carried into his best ball ranking. And I like these guys who have unsure circumstances in early best ball because that's how you win the tournament. When Rashad Penny emerges as a starter, you got him super late and he's getting you 16 to 22 points a game. He's getting you Zeke production seven rounds later. How do you, how, what'd you say about that? Yeah, I'm just looking at the draft that I'm in right now. Um, it's a full PPR best ball 10 draft and Rashad Penny went right on the seven, eight turn. So, you know, and then Chris Carson went in the 11th round. So maybe drafters, I don't know how it is on underdog right now. Is that, is that similar ADP? Um, so, but still the eighth round, early eighth round, that, that kind of solidifies your point because oh, yeah. if, he, if he's the starting running back, he, given that he has injury risk. And I think that that will keep him out of the third round. Like he belongs in the fifth round, Rashad Penny. Uh, by the way, he still needs to be signed. He's an, uh, what's funny about what happened with Rashad Penny is, you know, he was a former first round, real NFL first round pick. Uh, couldn't stay healthy. It was, you know, had, had the good pedigree. And then the Seattle Seahawks did not pick up his fifth year option. So he played this year basically on, you know, just a prove it sort of, he was going to be an unrestricted free agent. Now he is an unrestricted free agent. So they actually need to sign him. Yeah. Well, I mean, those are the risks, right? Um, Chris Carson, I just checked it. RB 47. So, and what's Penny? Penny is RB 33. So Penny is definitely going ahead of Chris Carson. Yeah. So the, so, so the market, the market does, value these guys how you just said though chris carson is under contract can be cut with only about a three million dollar dead cap hit uh but he could be cut but he's the one on the roster penny's not but yet the the best ball sharp best ball players are, are seeing it your way but i agree with you though that they're you know penny is one of those guys that can have the the rocket vault into like the fifth round no, oh, and, and potentially belongs there. So give me one of your guys. I, I've got I've got so many of these that I love, but give me one of uh, another one of your favorite sort of droppers. I don't care what part of the draft they're in, but a sleeper that's going to help me win my best ball tournament this season. 
Yeah, we're always looking for wide receivers that could score for us, guys that are, you know, because the wide receivers last year in best ball just got chewed up. So you look down this this list of potential free agents and who could have a value spike based on where they sign. And you and I have talked about this a little bit, but I'm still going to be very interested in his ninth round ADP. That's Juju Smith-Schuster. There's a lot of good spots for him to land. Even if he stays in Pittsburgh, you know, let's presume there's going to be a a QB upgrade, whether that's like a Jimmy Garoppolo type or a dynamic rookie. uh, It's going to be better than Ben Roethlisberger. Now let's say that Juju Smith-Schuster signs, uh, you know, there's been a lot of, a lot of talk connecting him to Kansas city. That's an upgrade. Juju Smith-Schuster has the potential similar to Rashad Penny because of the uncertainty you're getting him in round nine could be vaulted up about a two rounds or so. And someone that scores for you every week in these best ball drafts. I like him a lot. He's a very, uh, I would say unsexy name because he's disappointed for fantasy. I mean, people were taking him in the first and second round just a couple of years ago, injured, disappointing production. Uh, that's the guy that I'm targeting in most of my drafts when I get into these, these, these deep water rounds. I, I like it. Uh, you know, landing spot is going to be everything. I, I don't love him if he goes back to Pittsburgh, but you know, there are other situations, uh, in the NFL right now. There's plenty and, and it, it is a big free agent class, especially at wide receiver. So we're going to see these guys settle in, but to your point, when he does settle in with a team, I think that ADP will go up. So you're getting him at a bargain right now, right. a player like that. I've got a guy in a similar I, situation. Can I just add one more footnote before sure. that? And at very worst, let's say he signs in a bad situation, that's, you're getting him at value anyway. He's yeah. still a ninth-round pick in a bad spot. He's going to be a productive – in, in the ninth round, remember, people got to understand, the ninth round, you're in, the, you're in your bench. You've already drafted your starters. These are your bench players. These are the guys that are actually going to help you to a tournament win. You're not – everybody – it's not hard to pick, you know, in the first five rounds. Like, they're all – good players there when you get to the bench spots that's the difference maker in best ball tournaments your, your starters are going to get hurt you're going to need these guys to step up especially the wide receiver position so here's yeah, a guy but- in a similar situation unrestricted free agent not a name that's sexy people are like eh but one of the approaches i really like in best ball this season and, and in general is don't get too crazy with running back early because they get hurt all the time they have a high propensity for injury and so if you take too many of your elite early picks on them, what you end up with is a scenario where you've got all these kind of mediocre wide receivers on your team, none of which are big touchdown scorers, and you're in a uh, underdog is half-point PPR. You need touchdown scores. You need elite wide receiver play. So the way you can make up for it is finding some bargains at running back. And one of my favorites late is, and, and you're going to shudder when I say this, you're going to actually get the willies, so prepare yourself. It's Melvin Gordon. Melvin effing Gordon. Okay, Melvin Gordon, he's available at RB38 on underdog. So he's, you know, he's you're getting him late in the draft. All right. He's he's sandwiched between he's going after Miles Sanders. You know, he's going around where like Alexander Madison is going as a backup player. Where where would you like to see him sign? Where do you think that's a good fit for him? I would love for him maybe to go to Arizona. That would be a great spot, a great landing spot for him. There are a bunch of other teams. We don't know what's happening um, at running back for quite a number of uh, NFL teams right now. So there, there are a few different spots. But Arizona seems like the sexy landing spot anywhere think- but anywhere but Denver. But even if he remained in Denver, he was productive yep. enough. Even I, I like, um, you know, uh, 
Arizona, they had James Conner and Edmonds. They can only keep one. I think they're trying to resign Conner, and they're going to let Edmonds walk because there's been a lot of talk from the from Cliff Kingsbury that he likes Eno Benjamin as the pass-catching running back. Said he's been impressed with Eno. So I could see them re-signing Conner using Eno Benjamin a couple years ago, late-round pick, seventh-round pick. Um, so, Conner, by the way, in a very similar boat to Melvin Gordon. So – you know, yeah, he's a little more expensive, late. right? Yeah. But yeah, no. So let's, let's think about it. Cause I like your pick here of Melvin Gordon, because again, he's somebody he he's like what Zeke's going to be in two more years from now, right? Like nobody wants him, but he's probably going to be a productive player that when he gets on the field, he has a nose for the end zone. Here, that here's, is a, a, here's a spot. And you're totally right. Nose for the end zone. He's, he's a yeoman. He's Leonard Fournette. He's Leonard Fournette, right? He's exactly him, right? We didn't love him, but he went to the right team. They throw him a little bit. And he's done. He's done great with um, there. How about Miami as a landing spot for Melvin Gordon? What do you think? Yeah, Miami needs a running back, right? So, and there's gonna one of these free agent running backs probably will sign there. I mean, you know, Leonard. You just brought up Leonard Fournette. He's an unrestricted free agent. There's uh, there they could draft one Miami. So there's absolutely an opening there. So whoever the primary back is in Miami. We're going to be interested in as long as it's not a an obvious committee. Um, you know, Melvin Gordon at this point, I don't expect him to be the lead back anywhere, but he could certainly be um, in a 50-50 committee. So, yeah, I mean, no matter where he goes, he is going to be productive, um, especially at his cost. And, and you, you're you getting more into my world now where the non-sexy picks are the real values here. I mean, there are some good ones at the top some flashy names, but you have to lean into this uncertainty a little bit when you don't know, this is a really, you know, we talk about rookies, right? And the reason that rookies are such a good value right now is because nobody knows what their landing spot is. So they shy away. Same thing for the unsigned free agents in another week or two, those free agents are going to be signed. Their ADPs are going to go up, go down. This is the time similar to the rookies where you can take shots on these guys. I'm shopping for bargains. I'm, I'm shopping for bargains. And something we've learned over the last few years is these running backs simply cannot stay healthy over the course of now what is a 17-game season. No one's really staying healthy for the whole season. So you can – I mean, even quarterbacks. Where, where Give me the precedent where as many quarterbacks were getting injured um, as we had last year. It, I've never seen anything like it. So um, it, best ball, you really had to adjust your mentality. And pro we had quarterback – almost every running back – was hurt for some portion of the season. Nick Chubb goes down, you know, Chris McCaffrey, Derek Henry out for long periods of time. So even the most durable guys, they're not making it through a full season. And I have come around a bit to your way of thinking where these mediocre running backs that you're getting in the middle rounds, we're also not seeing the workhorse running back role outside of the first two or three guys that are coming off the draft. So, you know, why take Antonio Gibson, for example, you know, in the second round when there are elite wide receivers floating or like Justin Jefferson's available, but you're taking Antonio Gibson or AJ Brown is available, but you're taking this guy who well, is I, fine, but that, that, that the, much better than the next guy. Like, well, the reason you got, this is best ball versus managed leagues. I think in best ball that I, I still believe that you want those running backs with secure roles early in, in most situations. And you're almost going to take, a lesser skilled or upside player. And again, not that Antonio Gibson's less upside, but someone like him versus Justin Jefferson or AJ Brown because of the scarcity and where you don't have to, and those volatile wide receivers later on, 
you know, the, the mid round wide receivers, the Cortland Sutton types, Judy, Jerry, uh, Jerry, Judy types, Brandon, Ayuk. you don't have to necessarily call the shot with them and, and figure out which week they're going to go off. You just draft a whole bunch of those guys and they land in your lineup in best ball. So that's just a strategy question. And in best ball, that's why you would see these guys ranked ahead of them. Yeah. My key strategy, like I said, in best ball is to make sure I have the position on lockdown. So again, it's, who and actually Antonio Gibson is a lockdown guy. I, I don't mind that component of of him. I, I mentioned him more for where he's going and just has not been a lead production. Antonio Gibson has not delivered 20 plus fantasy points almost ever. Like no. he's just not been an elite producer. We all want to believe it. But a lot of the guys in that zone aren't elite producers. So why not take Damian Harris instead? He's a starter, you know, back him up with Ramondre Stevenson. Okay, I've got the Patriots a, a running team's backfield on lockdown, and it was very cheap to do. RB28 plus RB, you know, 41. And I've got an entire and, and this is half point PPR, so we don't need the pass catchers. That's a pairing, by the way, and, and I'll throw that into my mix. Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, the pairing. I like the duos. I like to do I want to lock it down. Lock it down. I've got it covered now. Once I've got two running back spots covered. I can focus other positions. I know I'm going to have I'm going to have a body in there scoring points for me. That's what's won me uh best ball league after best ball. It's not necessarily the strategy to win to take down the big tournament per se, but it's the ultimate strategy for beating 12 other people in a standard league. They will not draft wisely and you can beat them just by wisely locking down all your spots. Let let me ask you this. So I just I just pulled up on my on my phone here my most owned players. I've done six best ball drafts now. When you when I combined underdog and, and, and again, and, reminder, if you're signing up, if you haven't signed up for underdog, it is the best best ball platform of them all. The best. They have they're doing so a lot of people don't want to do um the fast draft. I don't have 35 40 minutes to dedicate to staring at my phone. They have an 8-hour slow draft format. I've got five slow drafts going right now. And every two or three hours or so, I get a ding. Like, you have nine hours to make your pick. I'll get to it. You know I take the full nine because I'm a dick. But um, <laughs> I'll get to it. You know what I'm saying? So you could just go on there. And so if you go to Underdog Fantasy, use promo code DFS Army. They're, they're matching your deposit up, to, uh, up yep. to 100 bucks. Go check it out. Support the show. And also, sign up for some of these. It's fun. It keeps fantasy football season long in your brain space all year round. We all love Not- fantasy football. I got to keep it going. I got to scratch the itch. I got Not to mention it. it's the best prep, the best research you could do for your seasonal leagues where you want to beat your, your friends, your work, yeah. your colleagues. So, you know, just knowing the ADP uh, cold is, is one of your best tools. Absolutely. Up, when you talk about running backs in the third round, I think that there's potential for Travis Etienne to finish as a top 10 running back. And right now you're, you're getting him anytime you want in the third round. I know that he is, you know, he's going to be a, a solid pass catcher and then the half PPR underdog format. I'm not sure that matters. He was a, a touchdown machine. I, I just think that coming off the injury, he's James Robinson had the late season Achilles. He's not going to be there in the when in the training camp or he's not going to be active in training camp. Travis Etienne is going to have that backfield basically to himself. I'm sure they'll sign somebody because Travis Etienne is not going to have 30 carries a game or 30 touches a game. Uh, I, I could see him end up being a round one round two player with some, with some buzz on Twitter or social media right now. Just enjoy getting him in the third round. I, I think I have him in 100% that six drafts. I've gotten him every time. 
he is a great pick. RB19 uh, by positional ADP. He'll be RB11 before it's all said and done. That, that is a perfect Seslowski special there you right go. there. Number one, electric guy coming out of the draft. We we loved him as a player. You loved him as I don't I don't Absolutely. want Absolutely. You loved him as a player. And he, you know, he gets hurt last year. What are you gonna do? Right? So we are but now he comes back. He still got the he still got the draft um capital on his side. He still got all of that goodness going upgraded for upgraded coaching. Upgraded coaching is right. And, so and anything is biggest, an upgrade over hate the face urban. Right. Come on. But, but every and any uh, plausible threat to his workload has been eliminated because of the James Robinson late season injury. He had an Achilles in like week 14 or yeah, 15. Cam Akers came back from Achilles in like three weeks. It's, it's not a big <laughs> deal injury. Anymore. No, he didn't. It took him. It took him six months. And, you, and, let, and let's talk about looking. Cam Akers and that injury recovery for a second because because it came up. Do you think that the reason he looks so bad um, in the playoffs this year is because l- the lingering effect, he, he was not really truly back from the injury and, and that a six month break between his last game next year, does Cam Akers come back as an explosive quality running back? Or are we going to see the mediocrity we saw in the playoffs? He's going to be on 0% of my best ball teams because there's always someone that likes Cam Akers better than I do. Yeah. If we, if we've seen anything, let's say Cam Akers is, you know, an Achilles tear is devastating. I, I, Kudos to him for getting back in short order. You know, by all accounts, he was a hard worker and he's probably a pretty solid football player. But I don't think Cam Akers, 25 touch Cam Akers, has ever been a thing or is going to be a thing. We've seen what Sean, uh, we saw, we, we saw what the running backs coach and we saw what the head coach, what they did. And that was a committee. Daryl Henderson's still there. Um, maybe or maybe not Sony Michelle resigns. He's probably more likely to resign given that they want a Super Bowl. He's probably going to want to run it back, so to speak. Uh, I just think that, you know, Cam Akers, good player. I wouldn't take him in the second round where he's going. I don't even think I would take him in the third round. I would take Zeke Elliott, David Montgomery are ahead of him. I'd probably draw the line where I would maybe have a decision between him and like Clyde Edwards Hilaire at this point. You will not have to make that decision, luckily. And and I agree with you one hundred percent cam Akers will be on none of my teams i don't really get it um he didn't show he didn't take the rollover. uh he didn't look better than darrell henderson in the playoffs there was just no reason other than speculation there's a speculation going on that oh six more months he'll recover and and he'll be more explosive and that could very well be the case but again i go back to what what's his real draft capital he's a third fourth round pick anyway it's not like the uh, team in his in the real NFL draft, he went in the second oh, round. He, he did go in the second. Yeah, late second. Yeah, he went. Oh, in the so second he does round. have some draft capital there, yeah. but but nonetheless, he's not locked down the role as the as the ultimate, you know, three down starting back for the Rams. The Rams did not see from this kid in in that limited run that he's great. Again, excuses allowed. The guy came back from an Achilles tear the same year. That's unheard of. So what he did has I've never seen it. It's never been done. So, uh, so listen to this in the real NFL draft, he went pick 52 uh, and wow. he went, then he went one pick ahead of Jalen hurts. He went two picks ahead of JK Dobbins and I'm just trying to see. And then he went seven picks ahead of AJ Dillon, who also went in the second round, AJ Dillon, a second rounder, man. We got to yeah, pay closer about attention. That. Yeah. I, it, you know, he's another guy. He's one of the reasons why I don't like um, Aaron Jones this season, but um, I'm going to give you a name of a wide receiver that I think is going way too late 
that has incredible potential. And I just don't understand why people are sleeping on this kid. And you might say that's not a sleeping price point. I think they are. I think it is. I, and he is one of my absolute favorite picks. And he's going behind guys I like way less. That's Darnell Mooney. Oh, yeah, but nope. he's moving up now. He's going to be moving up. So I agree with you. Get him while you can. You because can get I would... him right now, WR30. Yeah, no, that's not that's not going to be for long. He's going to be like wide receiver 18. This is what I'm saying, though. That's yeah. who we're trying to identify. Yeah, exactly. Those guys who you think are the obvious risers, that's who we want to identify. I know. I love right? the pick. I was, I'm calling you out as a good, you know, yeah. and again, I, I, I would like to see because now they asked that it was questions asked uh, of, you know, this new head coach, uh, Fluce, they call him, right? Eberfluce. Eberfluce. And they asked, they said, you know, uh, what is what's going to be with Darnell Mooney? In Dar he gave the answer where, yeah, they, I think he could run all the routes. He could be our guy. I mean, obviously, they're, they're going to bring somebody in, right? Somebody's got to. Maybe this is the Amari Cooper spot. Who the heck knows? Um, I'll throw names out that are going ahead of him right now where you'll be like, oh, my God, no. Yeah. Um, Devonta Smith is going ahead of him. I could see why. I wouldn't do it, but I could see why. Devonta Smith, no production. Same quarterback. Yeah, but Mooney. Great production. No more Allen Robinson. I mean, I don't think his production change. I don't think Allen Robinson leaving really affects it, but I'm going to give you some other names. Um, Michael Pittman going ahead of him. I'm taking this guy ahead of Michael Pittman. Michael I'm Pittman hasn't proven anything. He hasn't shown me anything. Show me I'm, nothing. I think the Colts don't Jack. have a Yeah. Um, Chris Godwin, come back from injury. Uh, you saw the conversation I had with our guy. Uh, uh, what is it called? Um yesterday all right i mean you know with our guy chris felicetta yeah um I, I just i don't understand why anyone is drafting chris godwin in these best ball drafts i mean sure if you have an ir spot and you're in a managed league but chris godwin had was it like a week 11 i forget what it was acl tear that means he's probably not going to play for the first month of the season maybe six weeks at least and that means you're getting zeros from your fifth round pick now if you were taking chris godwin in like the ninth 10th 11th round of best ball i still wouldn't do it i don't want guaranteed zeros but in the fifth round uh yeah i just i are people not aware that chris godwin had a late season acl tear i mean I, it's just i think there's this thought you've seen a couple guys come back in you know two three months from acl tears where it's like a foregone conclusion that might come back but they're forgetting all the times that the 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 acl tear return if he's not playing for week one then you have this extended like the foot feels sore. He's in, he's out injured. I, I, I have, there's a Seslowski theory that I now live by. I fully agree with it. Subscribe to. Which is, it is difficult enough to keep your team healthy without picking a bunch of injured players to stuff onto your team. Don't let the other guys take the guys coming off injured. Totally agree with it. Unless, Correct. unless there is like a significant discount. Let's just, yeah. Talking in uh, in theory here, let's say like Chris Godwin was getting drafted in like the twelfth round. Obviously, you just do it because hey, what happens if he has a miraculous recovery? What what Felicetta said yesterday was he goes, oh, you said the same thing about Joe Burrow last year, and look, Joe Burrow lit up the league. Sure, but Joe Burrow in a one QB league, if you want to take him in the, he was going in the twelfth, thirteenth round. Again, that's what we're talking about. There's no. There's not a huge opportunity cost because whoever you took there anyway likely he didn't also, score that. He also didn't light up the league. That's not true. 
I mean, he was, you know, what was he, a top? What, where did he finish? QB he what? He finished maybe QB 12. Like, he did not light up the league. I'm, I'm going to look it up right now while we're talking. Yeah, so. g- give me the numbers. Joe Burrow was yeoman-like, and he had some good games. He had a couple of amazing games this year. But for the most part, he was a 18 to 22-point type quarterback. He was no different than Kirk Cousins or any of the, you know, yeah. QB 9. QB 9. Yeah, so like yeah. he didn't he didn't light up the league. Right. You know who lit up the league? My preseason call, who I told everybody to play, who the reason I won all my fucking leagues last year, Jalen Hurts. I told you, just take him with your QB eleven, QB twelve, and win and do it again this year because yep. he's in the same ADP. And there's you know there's win your league. Who's the hard. only threat to Jalen Hurts would be the Deshaun Watson, right? So if the Eagles are just like, hey, because it, it still could happen because Deshaun Watson's options are becoming oh, yeah. less and less, yeah. you know, there, there's limit. Miami came out and said, we are out of the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. So, and who's got the draft capital to make it happen. But if that does happen, you know, then Jalen Hurts would presumably be traded in that trade. And then he would end up on Houston. And then we're talking about him or Davis Mills, you know, on the Miami knows? note, I just want to like, we're, I'm going to go off of, you know, the best ball ADP discussion for a second and just say, you know, Tua didn't look too bad. Um, he, he does look like a, he, he kind of came on late in the season and I don't blame Miami. They say, you know what, let's, let's, let's give it a couple more years, another year or two with Tua. Let's see, let's see where this kid can evolve. Um, he's, uh, we all love Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle is like, my, I love this kid. Right. Um, so we all love Jalen. You can't even get Jalen Waddle anymore. Like, uh, oh, I mean, he, if you want to spend your late second round pick or early third round pick, you can get them. I mean, like, so if you're picking early and you take I mean, a running back, I, I mean, in dynasty, oh, in I, dynasty. I told you somebody offered me Devonte Adams for him. Uh, and I am not doing, I have, and I saw a lot of dynasty rankings have Devonte Adams higher. I don't, I have Devonte Adams below Waddle. And yeah. obviously whoever offered me that trade is pretty, is in sync with how I'm thinking. Too, fair offer. Yeah. Yeah. Fair offer. And you know, Will Devontae Adams outscore if he's with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, outscore Jalen Waddle? Probably. But when you talk about dynasty and career length, it, it changes the equation slightly. Let me give you a name of a player I think is going ridiculously too soon. And probably one of the worst picks in, in best ball. Because we could talk about great picks that you can get late, but there are some that I want to avoid. One guy I'm fully avoiding is Calvin Ridley. I have no exposure to Calvin Ridley. Do you want why? to explain why? Do you want to explain why though yes. for anyone who's not sure why you're talking about that? Yeah, why why would Calvin Ridley Calvin Ridley didn't have an injury this year. He didn't have an issue with his team. He quit football. He he quit the NFL. I've you're, never um, seen it in all you know I have seen it once. Johnny Mitchell um tight end New York Jets. This isn't very welcome during mental health awareness month. You know, it is mental health awareness month. But listen, I'm not ripping on I'm somebody not, for having whatever the right, I don't know you, what his issues are. You're just and, talking about the fantasy football implications. I mean, this is of what fantasy happened. football, dude. Like right. this guy quit football. He didn't say I'll be back in a month. He's I I this is not working for me. I'm out. And now, by the way, I, re- I, re- I respect that call. I respect you know, it too. Football you know, is rough, man. Football you know the bravery rough. it takes, like the balls. It's you know. In, in some ways, it's a brave decision. You're, you're Who can make a decision? like I, I could never do that. I would just play it out. Remember Ricky Williams quitting in his peak? Who, who was uh, Ricky, Ricky Williams, Williams? The other guy did. He wanted to smoke weed. I, I get that. But that was his mental health. He said, hey, listen, I'm in pain. I'm mentally. I just don't like the grind. And he left football. He, it wasn't I mean, even the grind. It was just like, listen, dude, let me smoke my weed. Yeah. Well, he did say that that was his pain medication. He said that yeah. the NFL at the time would jack you up with all these painkillers, but they wouldn't let you have 
stupid rule. Let the man smoke his weed. NFL wrong in that situation. Yeah. Anyway, back to uh, you. By the way, I love how your uh, your background color matches the background of the thing. That's that's like that's like professional. Dude, you didn't in the beginning here. I told you I have been watching it, but I wanted to mention it because I'm looking at my side. I'm like, shit, I need to get that green uh situation happening. yeah here i'll give you a little taste here i have this bluetooth light right which i'm loving so i can i can change it to any color so you know here's the purple yeah no here's i love the blue. it like matching it looks amazing yeah here's the green i kind of that's how it. to do it yeah it's got it has a little thing where you could put the hex colors in so you can get it to the exact color no, if you I want to it. beautiful um anyway but but yes so um calvin we're ridley com- are you taking we're- calvin ridley no 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 i mean you know again he's one what of these guys gonna he- be on is he playing in the NFL next year? Why are people taking this kid? He's going or in the he's your fifth, sixth he's, round. Right? You're taking him in the fifth round. Yeah, he's he one of these guys that you can. He's got. It's like um, you ever see like those little cartoons when a cartoon character would have like the balloons attached to his back, and slowly he just keep going up, 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 up. Like this is he's going down, 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 down in ADP. In ADP? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Because so people he's just. Assume it. He's going like, to keep floating away. Now, again, it could end up being – this is like – this reminds me of Michael Thomas from last year. Oh, my God. What a great value with Michael Thomas in the fifth round. Oh, wait. There's another thing. Oh, okay. Wow. He's in the eighth round now. What? A, no, 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 no. You know, what, he's got to hit like the 12th round for me to even be interested in, in someone like that. And even then, there's just – you know, it's – you're talking about – a best bowl league. There's no cutting players off your roster, dude. Once you have them, you have them. Now, in a tournament, if he if he drops, you want to take like that upside shot, sure. But it's just right now, fifth, sixth round, it's it's burning a pick where you could have a really good football player. That I mean, you're giving up Lamar Jackson in the fifth round to take Calvin Ridley. It's been it, it's absolutely absurd. Again, this man has not declared that he will play football this year. It's that and simple. if he does, we'll make the adjustment. But yeah. we don't want to the, going back to the principle we were talking about before is let's not, you know, we like uncertainty, but something like this where you you're know, not you're not working. getting rewarded for the uncertainties being taken as right. if everything's fine. You know, it's a maybe a round later. Like if he if he signs with some team that needs a wide receiver and he's like, Oh, I can't wait to play, and he comes out, he'll right, he'll go up a little bit from here, but like not that far, you know, it'll go up yeah. a couple ADP spots, like you're paying. You're basically paying a price for an elite for for an elite wide receiver that's playing and doesn't have any mystery, but on a guy who we don't even know if he wants to play ever again. He might never play football. We don't know. We've heard nothing. This is, by the way, it's just private shit. I don't want to know. I don't want to know what his reasons are. I don't want to know anything. All I want to know is, hey, are you back? You're gonna play this year? Yes, I'm down. Okay, great. Now I'm now I'm good. But until I hear that from the player himself, what take him in. No, no, there. That's an elite spot. You're getting David Montgomery in the same spot. Like, what are you doing? I don't know if that's where David Montgomery. I, you know, but Montgomery I assume- you're is third round. So, you know, when you were talking about the players where Calvin Johnson, uh, Calvin Johnson, Calvin Ridley's going, uh, it's interesting. It's like in, in the draft I'm doing, he went ahead of Terry McLaurin, Tyler Lockett, uh, Hollywood, Devonte Smith. Uh, you know. Hollywood Marty. is another guy, by the way, that's going way to. Did people not pay attention to his production last year? Says he's going WR thirty behind. Let me tell you who he's going after. Okay, <laughs> because it's 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 like what what he's going after again. Michael Pittman, Devonta Smith, uh, Amari Cooper, Amon Ra, Elijah Moore. I don't get that one. Um, Mike Evans, Mike Evans with no Tom Brady. What, what's he going to do? Um, and and Calvin Ridley. So I I think. Marquise Brown is another guy. Man, he's a touchdown machine. 
I think he scored in every game of the first six or seven, eight, nine games of the season last year. Um, he's got big play potential. Do we love Lamar Jackson? I think yes. Why I not? Do. I yeah. do. I um, uh, DraftKings has him as uh, plus twenty eight hundred right now. MVP. I I was gonna put a shekel or two down on that. I like that a on lot. On Marquise Brown or no, no Lamar on Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. yeah, not 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 Marquise. No. Yeah, Lamar is an interesting one. If he he'll have to make a major turnaround um, to pull that off. I mean, he was kind of playing banged up. Hey, man, we're pushing up on an hour here. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's it. I, I think. Yeah. Um, give me one last. Se- do you have another one do, that you're holding back? Give me one last sexy. Uh, well, you want I'm you know this the theme of the show has been unsexy, so I'm going to stick with unsexy right. because unsexy. Un- sleepers okay. are never sexy. Well, they can be, they can be, but you have the unsexy sleeper has the higher probability hit. Now, here, um, Kenny Galladay is someone that you and I never drafted ever on any of our teams because we always hated the third round, fifth round cost. But right now, Kenny Galladay, he he's pr- my presumption is that the Giants need to make him work after giving him that $75 million contract. I do like what the Giants did uh, bringing in Brian Dable. There's really, they have to make Daniel Jones work here. And Kenny Galladay has that massive contract. So he's going in the 13th round. Uh, it's it's We talked about players that have upside to score for you every week. Kenny Galladay, I think we can agree, even though we hated the price forever, the 13th round, it just seems like where who else you getting there that's starting and it's going to probably be stays healthy get 115 125 targets so what is he what is he on your underdog adp but yeah, i just yeah, find I'm, myself i'm looking it up now yeah i mean you you understand where i'm coming from this cuz you and i have never had him on a team because it was just indescribable that adp it was despicable but right now until you know, if he got if he has a big play in the preseason or in camp, he'll move up. Uh, again, I just like everything that the Giants did to to improve the team. Positional so, ADP WR fifty three. Yeah, so, so I mean, I I think he went even later <laughs> in my draft. I, mean, I got him. Let's see, Galladay. I got him in the the very end of the twelfth round. You're you're getting this guy in the zone, okay? Of Corey Davis. Rondell Moore, um, Odell Beckham, a bunch of rookies, Will Fuller. So you're in the turd zone. You're in the full blast turd zone with it. Yeah, I like it. I like the, p- the pick because he can't really hurt you here. You're in probably the 11th or 12th round at this point. There's no one good left kind of anywhere. And Kenny Galladay, is a, you're right. He's a guy that could score a touchdown. He's and, a big and by dude. the way. And this is the proof that we don't hate players. We just hate their draft costs. ADPs are more important than the player themselves because, you know, we, we would laugh when people would click yes on Kenny Galladay for the first five years of his career. I mean, in a, in a rookie draft, I laughed at people. When, a, when you know, any redraft format, dynasty, I never liked it. But now, I'm in. He's an okay player, um, but we've a also contract. learned this year that Matthew Stafford you give him a good wide receiver and he's going to produce like Kenny Galladay produced. Okay. With Matthew Stafford, when the lions were throwing every play that another, he was always hurt though. And he will remain always hurt. So I don't expect to get 17 games of production out of Kenny Galladay, but you might get six or eight. Yeah. If he can score in the 12th round, if he can score for your best ball team four to six times, that's cha-ching territory right there. Yeah. That's all you need. All right, let's wrap it up there. Um, says, thank you for popping back on. Always, always good times having you and and the, the team uh, together here. Um, best ball 
is going strong. You can sign up at Underdog Fantasy, promo code DFS Army, of course. Uh, and we'll be back with more best ball dynasty breakdowns on the bowl call podcast. Make sure you like, and subscribe to the channel. You want to get this, uh, you want to get these podcasts when they come out and we will see you. Can I just plug anything promote says? Yeah. Just real quick. Every Monday coming out with a dynasty fantasy football podcast on the rotowire pod fantasy football podcast feed. Just look up rotowire fantasy football. You were just on the, uh, an episode two weeks ago. I listen every week. I watch it every week. Very good. Yeah, this week coming up, got uh, Mark Stopa. The week after that, uh, uh, Josh Larkey from Player Profiler. Two really good ones coming up. Every week we're talking Dynasty, sprinkling in a little best ball as it relates to Dynasty. But thank you for listening, and I appreciate that. Love it. All right, we'll see you guys next time. Good luck.